Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you'd like to join our discussion, you can't because, actually, you know what? Yes, call us at 1 844 777 7928. That's 1 844 777 SWAT, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Actually, email us at Taylor at SWATradio.com. That's Taylor, T A Y L O R at SWATradio.com. I almost said that you can't call us today, that we weren't going to accept calls because we have my favorite guest, my dad, Anthony Johnson, in the studio with us live. Uh, he is a former NFL athlete. Uh, he is also a former chaplain for the Jacksonville Jaguars, 11 years as uh, NFL running back, five different teams, played at Notre Dame, uh, and he was also a chaplain for 15 years. And he is now a counselor. You can find out more about him and his counseling by listening to us. But also, if you go to AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com, that's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com, or you can find him on Instagram, at Acacia underscore counseling. Again, that's at Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, underscore counseling. And again, if you would like to call in and ask him any sort of questions, um, particularly pertaining to counseling and uh, and issues like that, please do so. I'll give you the number one more time since I uh, maybe made it confusing earlier. 1-844-777-SWAT. Again, 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. Well, Anthony, how you doing today? Good, man. I can't wait to just comment about the Kyrie Irving pump fake there. Kyrie... <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of Kyrie Irving, uh, how, how, have you been paying attention to, particularly in the sports world, kind of how um, the culture and some of the cultural issues have intersected now with sports? And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, a lot of thoughts on that. And, and um, <clears throat> some of uh, the listeners may remember how, um, you know, how, how not technologically savvy I am. <laughs> so So most of my news actually comes via... Taylor, <laughs> you so, um, but you know, th- to me, this that's th- just concerning, yeah. uh, very, and and not going further to say is disturbing, especially to the extent that it's um, impacted the sport, um, and in particular in uh, Kyrie Irving's case, how it's impacted his life and his mm-hmm. freedoms. So very, very disturbing to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the team came out. Uh, we covered it, uh, talked about it, uh, and said, you know, you know, you can't, you can't play, you can't participate, and that's a big, I think, spotlight for people who otherwise aren't really paying attention to what's going on, and you know, what sort of effect it'll have, who knows? But um, that, you know, the Southwest stuff, uh, what's going on in the the military, and and some of the uh, decisions people are facing with that, uh, yeah, it's 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 huge, and it's not something that's going to go anywhere. Um, you know, the story about In-N-Out Burger, um, and I, yeah, maybe you haven't heard this one, but they got closed down in San Francisco because they weren't checking for vaccine IDs. Um, they came out and said, you know, we're not going to be the vaccine police. But, uh, yeah, it, it is a, a big thing, and I think it's scary for a lot of people. Have, w- w- I guess 
from a counseling perspective, how would you counsel people in, in this and, and going through issues maybe of having to make decisions like that? Yeah, you mean like specifically in terms of Kyrie's situation, how would I counsel him? No, 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 no. Just uh, in, in general, m- many people are facing that, but I guess how would you counsel someone who's maybe facing, you know, uh, having a, a mandate, but also how would you counsel just people who are looking at what's going on with COVID, with the vaccine, and, and, and trying to make sense of what in the world and, and maybe have fear either from the mandates or even still from the virus? How would you, how, how are you neg- navigating those waters, um, you know, in, in your, in your practice? Yeah, very carefully. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, the, um, the whole topic, uh, much less the reality of living it is so complex. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, uh, and, and that's, that's unfortunate, um, to the way our culture is and the way, uh, news is and information is processed so quickly mm-hmm. and, and because it's, it's kind of forcing you to say you've got to decide based on this one thread of the dynamic. And it's just not that simple all the time. There is, there are big buckets, right? Mm -hmm. That things fit in. But, um, so how would I cancel this kind of the way uh, I can't counsel anyway? Um, my approach would be just to come alongside and seek to understand that person in their reality. Um, and, and I, I, truly believe that as a as a counselor uh biblically the description is one who comes alongside Mm. and so so that's what i would i would try to do with the focus on this um the focus being the character that which is inside always and that's a long time Mm. um but it always determines um what's outside uh and so being able to make a decision based on the appropriateness of one's reality, given the pressures of our culture right now, um, you know, that's a that's a necessary external, but it comes from what's within. And so, mm-hmm. so really, in characters, that set of capacities that is necessary to meet the demands of reality. Our reality right now is, <laughs> I mean, it's as inflamed and um, just as is crazy and pressure filled as it's ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it'd be kind of that approach, N- not necessarily to give pers- people advice about what to do, but help them to discover based on who they are and hopefully who they see themselves in relation to God um, and therefore act in according. Yeah. And you know, you, you, the way you talk about that and how you bring up just how crazy everything is right now. And then also, you know, our, our own, in our own lives and our, our own in, in years that we don't always haven't always thought out why we feel a certain way, why we're thinking a certain way. So with all that, it seems there's a, a heavy aspect of mentorship really involved in in um, in being a counselor. Right. And, you know, mentorship when I mentorship, that makes me think of fathership, right, of, of being a father and, and really coming alongside how a father should as a as a son grows up. But um, in this context of really being a mentor, not necessarily saying, okay, well, I think you need to do this, but just helping people find out for themselves, you know, what's going on in the world and then what they're feeling about what's going on and then why they're feeling uh, that way and then what to do about it. And if any of those chains is kind of messed up, you're going to feel stuck or you're going to make a decision that you didn't really think through and might regret later on. Yeah, without question. And it, it makes me think of 
um, the transition uh, as a as a father, as a parent of of Taylor uh, and of the, my other four children. That you know, there was a there was a point, um, and it happened probably a little later than what it should have <laughs> in regard to me. That that I I realized, uh, you know, I I got to take my hands off. I I can't control, I, and I shouldn't try to control where Taylor is right now. I mean, he's 18, 19, 20 years old. There's some things that I need to take my hands off of. And so I begin to become that mentor that you, you mentioned where now I'm kind of walking alongside of you. Hopefully, and and all of us, I think, parents who are honest with ourselves, or maybe I just speak for myself, you know, I, I look back and I realize there's, there's things that I missed that I could have imparted, that mm. I could have equipped you with. Um you know, when, when you were under my headship, if you will, but there comes an appropriate time when you move from that to now you're under, you begin to become under God's headship and you answer directly to him. You still respect me. You still note me as Mm -hmm. your earthly father, but, um, but, but I'm in a different role. Um, father Lee, but I'm not fathering you. Yeah, I don't think it took you till I was 18 or 19 to really start to make that transition because I do remember um, you sitting down and talking to us when we were in our teen age years. I, I was probably like 16, but the other ones were probably younger when you started doing this and saying, listen, you're going to be an adult, and this is the new way that we're going to be interacting. I'm These are the rules that if you're in my house, this is what you got to do. I'm still your father. I'm still going to you know, step in and correct, like when you were younger, if I need to, but we're, we're working more towards you being independent. Um, so I do distinctly remember that. And so it's funny you said when 18 or 19 is when I guess you were like, well, Hey, he's, he's on his own for real now. And, um, but about that, what, what do you think is a good age for, for that? Especially, you know, coming, coming from having raised five kids now and, and now with, an extra knowledge of the clinical background. What is a good age to really start to um, look to to start turning towards the mentor role? Is it eighteen or is it a little younger than that? Or how how do you view that? Yeah, you know, you know, I I, I dabble in the philosophy of things, and and um, you know, I really believe philosophically. Um, you know, maybe two or three weeks after you find out she's due. <laughs> um, to really get in your mind, hey, there's going to be a time and it's going to come quicker than what I believe and what I feel where I'm not going to be the one who fathers over, who lords over necessary, necessarily that there's, there's going to be an opportunity for me to hand my child over to God. Mm. And if it's a if it's a female, you know, it's going mm. to be hopefully uh, to God through, you know, a spouse. but. Mm. Um, but to begin to, you know, frame the thoughts and the feelings uh, early on, I think the earlier the better. Hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, something that obviously I got a one-year-old daughter now, so that, that that before she was born I had already started thinking along these lines and stuff like that, which, uh, you know, I think grace be to God for that, that, that I was thinking that way, but still it's like, oh, now it's for real. Um, all right, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. 
Uh, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night. Remind that is Mercy Me with Even If. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, uh, Doug is out today. He'll be out uh, for the rest of the week. And I am joined in the studio by my father, Anthony Johnson. If you would like to know more about his uh, counseling uh, practice, you can go to acaciagrowthcounseling.com. That's acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, growthcounseling.com. Or you can check him out on Instagram at acacia underscore counseling. That's at acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, underscore counseling. It is still funny to say that you have an Instagram. Uh, I don't. So it's, uh, it is pretty interesting. Yes, that is. Wow. <laughs> as, uh, as much of a dinosaur as I am, I cannot believe I'm ahead of you in something. I used to have an Instagram. I used to have a Twitter. Uh, I got rid of Twitter after I graduated college. I was like, yeah, you know, that, that was a college thing. It, it was cool then when I was on campus and stuff. Uh, then I got rid of it, spending too much time on it. And I was like, I'll be good. Then I started spending too much time on Instagram. And so I got rid of that, and I was like, I'll be good. And then I started spending too much time on Facebook. Um, but by that point, no, actually, before I was married, I gave Kylie my password for it and deleted it and had her change the password. So then I check it, like, once a month. And then now Ari has the password, and she has it on her phone. So I'll go on there every once in a while and check just because, you know, I don't know, Grandma and Grandpa are still on there and stuff. So it's a good way to still see what's going on with family. Speaking of family, though, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, raising children, and and I think a big portion of that that maybe a lot of Christians don't really think about is education. And I was wondering, you know, uh, your thoughts on that, and especially from a, a counseling background as far as the development of the mind, because um, you guys, you know, me and Kylie and Gabe to some extent uh, went to 
private school. I went the longest up through till basically until high school. And then the younger ones, they didn't really go much at all. Um, so just what are your thoughts on education? Because I've, I've come to some pretty uh, strong beliefs on it. Um, but kind of what, what were your thought processes when we were coming up? And then what are your thoughts on it now, especially when, you, when you're looking at how a mind develops um, from a maybe a cl- more clinical uh, aspect? Yeah, I don't know how um, detailed to be in that, but, um, you, you know, just in terms of the results uh, from the education system in our culture currently, um, just from that, we we need to depart what what is happening. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that, and a lot of that uh, we've talked about, and and I've uh, derived some things from you. Um, but when you look back at how um, I understand education was in earlier times, um, it was for the most part centered in the family, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And 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 then if you again from uh, from a character standpoint, from a, a real social standpoint, um, and, and a family standpoint within that, um, you know, it, it makes sense for the home to be the ones who, who, uh, not just advocate, but who implement, uh, appropriate education because in the end, education should be about equipping, the individual to handle what he needs in regard to his reality in a social context. So what's most central for that? The truths of the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, so from a, a clinic or a, a counseling standpoint, um, you know, that's undergirded first by your attachment, you know, and biblically uh, love, how you are loved, how you experience love, um, you know, how, how then you love that will determine how you love. So educating on that and not just cognitively, not just, you know, the knowledge, uh, base of the what, um, but also, you know, the aspects of mentorship of discipleships as Jesus stated and demonstrated in the way that he said, Hey, um, you know, his disciples fill up another one where are you staying? Hey, come and see. You know, the education was not just, hey, I'm going to parrot um, a few truths to you and mm-hmm. you copy them down and follow them. But it was, hey, come and see how to engage in this life. And that first begins with uh, a love, a connection, attachment. And that's characterologically, uh, from a counseling standpoint, where it starts. So uh, there's a lot more to say about that. But And it may seem like, well, how does that connect with education? But um Again, it's a it's a little different paradigm or framework. Not just go sit in a classroom and learn some knowledge facts, but we're talking about being educated, being equipped for how to engage in life the way it is, and should be and can be from a social standpoint. Yeah, and you know the reason I ask uh, for one, I've noticed um, as just for me personally that. The, the education that I got um, started off in homeschool and then in, and then through private school, a Christian private school. Um, and then the things that I, I could never depart really from looking at the world with a Christian worldview, right, and, and learning from a Christian perspective, from a perspective of what the Bible says. And, 
in God. And then I look at people who grew up in the church and, uh, you know, Christian families and stuff, but maybe went to public school and we will see the same things happening or, or be, be get the same, uh, you know, look at science or something like that and, and the, seeing the same data coming in. And yet one leads to a departure uh, from the faith or even from orthodoxy. Um, and the other, in my case, I, I still stays convicted and it. It doesn't affect that faith in any way. Um, and part of that, obviously I went to a Christian college as well. That was helpful, uh, in that, but so that, and then I went to a thing over the summers talking about, um, that, that verse that says, raise up a child in the way he'll go. Um, how that could easily have been translated into catechize a child into the way he will go. And, and what a catechism is, um, is, well, it's a series of questions and answers, but it's basically about, um, the faith, right. And then that the, obviously then. The verses, the, be- the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge, and things like that. And that we have tried to take faith out of education, and the results have been detrimental. And, you know, like you said about uh, education used to be started in the home. And if it wasn't in the home, it was a pastor that was doing the educating, right? And so the church was very, saw the importance and was very eager to be training those young minds. And it wasn't until like the 1840s or 50s that that started to change. Um, and really the guy who, who did that was trying to, uh, who, who was first integral in that, who put this into Germany and then eventually came over to here, which is our modern public school system, uh, was looking to make, uh, he, he started, he tried to start a commune and it failed. And he said, well, you know, these people are too independently thinking and they, they got too much of a, uh, of a, of an idea of what the Bible says. We need to make more, uh, obedient people. And that was really his, his goal in doing that. And then it was, you know, put a bill of goods into, to that. So from the start, public education in, in that vein has been an effort to remove, uh, the Bible, remove, remove God from education, but obviously it did not happen. Oh, it took time for that to get there until, you know, faith was removed, I think in the sixties the or the seventies, um, somewhere in there. And then if you look really some, some people have done some good work about just the, the rates of, um, intelligence are measured by uh, standardized testing and stuff like that have just fallen off a cliff from uh, when they took prayer out of schools. And um, so that's where that question was coming from and just kind of how, how that may be just in a, in our, in our heads, how that plays a part or how that um, our minds are working with scripture and things like that. And, and another thing too, now I'm starting to ramble, but just thinking about, um, you need something to put information onto, right? As far as like scaffolding, you know, there's your experience and stuff like that. Uh, but when it comes to like a education, education, you got to start with the word of God. And so that's why, uh, you know, the new England primer and stuff like that was boom. That was all theology um, before they even started to get into uh, education on other things. Um, so that's why I asked about the mind and, and how important it is with development. So I don't know if there's anything off of all that gobbledygook I just said that uh, hits you. Yeah, no, it's a, <clears throat> a lot of things in there. Um, uh, it just makes it, it, it makes me think of uh, the simplicity and the purity of the gospel. Mm. Um, and that, uh, you know, it is by grace we are saved through faith, right? Not, not of ourselves, not of works. Mm-hmm. Now we can t- talk about works and you know delineate that um, things that you do 
but also things that you might think, feel, say, um, or intend that are good or bad. Not by any of those, you know, do we come to Christ. Um, it is a result of grace through faith. And uh, that's important because <clears throat> the truth of the scriptures and of the gospels in, in regard to this is that we don't increase our knowledge base. We don't, you know, do all these things to prove ourselves before God, and then we're acceptable um, to him. We come to him first. We connect with him. We allow him to literally come and dwell inside mm-hmm. a, our, our person. Um, we form this uh, appropriate and necessary uh, attachment and connection that, from our standpoint, should be experienced in dependence. We're depending on God for everything. At that point, then, as Jesus said to the Nicodemus, you must be born again. Well, wonderful analogy there, right? You, you become like a little baby. Mm. But it's only then that you can begin to grow and increase knowledge, be educated in appropriate ways that, and apply that knowledge in what's called wisdom, which is yeah. appropriate use of the, of the knowledge. Without that first... Uh, connection and sincere uh, relationship with God, we're going to do, the only thing we can do is continue to devolve. And that's what what you're talking about. When you take God out of it, when you throw him out, when you say he's dead or he has no, um, you know, place, you're going to get, you're going to get worse. Yeah. And yeah, talk about devolution, right? I mean, we're seeing that big time now. And that's why, you know, People will look at, oh, how can we do this or that to get the America that maybe we felt like growing up back? And, well, that's not going to happen at all without revival. And it's just whether that revival will come after great calamity or not. You know, and uh, at this point, I would say it's probably not till after. Uh, that's just my thoughts. You know, I'm maybe a little cynical. Who knows? Maybe look at the news too much. Uh, that's possible. Hey, we're up against the news break, so we'll be back with more after the news. But before we go, we'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of our local listeners, 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And finally, we'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening online, wherever you are around the country or the world. I uh, would also like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio, that is Red Letters by David Crowder. 
If you are just joining us, Doug is out today, and this is still our interview day. And today we have my father, Anthony Johnson, in the studio with us. Anthony Johnson is a former NFL running back, uh, national championship uh, winner at Notre Dame. Uh, played there four years, three started three, three years? Yeah, started three years, um, then went on to have an 11-year career in the NFL. Uh, he's the Carolina Panthers' first 1,000-yard rusher, although the Hall of Fame does not want to acknowledge that. Not really sure why. Still kind of salty about it. Uh, after he finished playing, he went into the ministry and was a chaplain for the Jaguars uh, for 15 years. And he has since transitioned, starting in 2018, into um, being a counselor. He has a practice uh, called Acacia Growth Counseling. And if you would like to learn more about that, you can go to AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com. That's Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com. Or you can follow him or check him out on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling is the handle. That is at Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A underscore counseling. Doug said he couldn't have gone with oak for a tree. Said it, for a marketing level, it would have worked, wouldn't it have been easier for people? I was like, you, you know my dad. He's There's meaning behind what he does. And then even with the underscore on Instagram, someone else took Acacia Counseling, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> so you weren't the only one taking it. No. Uh, actually, there's another Acacia Counseling and Wellness is, is no, the okay. business. So. Mm. Here? No. Oh. Um, out west, but they have a couple, a couple states. Okay. Um, you know, We've talked, we've touched on it a little bit um, uh, in the number of times we've talked. This has been the fourth time that it's been you and me, just you and me, or is it the fifth? At least four. Yeah. It might be five. It's been somewhere in there. And I, we've talked a number of times about um, really counseling and taking that counseling out into out of the you know the the office room, right, and into the the real world or into the woods uh, and that type of stuff, and especially how, how important and impactful that is for men and particularly young men. And we haven't really dug deep into it. So I, I kind of was curious, you know, just if first, if you've kind of made any more moves towards doing that and thought any more about it and then why you think it is that that's so important for the heart of a man. Mm, yeah. I'd, I'd like to hear more of your thoughts on it. Um, I know I've enjoyed the times we've talked about it. Um, and and unfortunately, no, I haven't made any more steps into that. Um, it's but it you know me, um, we're kind of similar. <laughs> I'm a visionary, and I have dreams, and and that's one of them um, to find a way to uh, counsel, uh, particularly the heart of men in the wilderness, yeah, uh, out out in the in the cut, if you will. That. Um, you know, there's just, there is something in my personal experience and, you know, that jives with others' experiences and, and then professionals like, uh, John Eldridge and others. Um, it, there's, there is just something about being out in the wilderness that you connect or I connect with, um, that experience in, in a way unlike any other, um. It, it draws things out of me that I didn't know were in there. Um, it it shows me things about myself that I didn't know were in there and, you know, that I, I didn't realize I was equipped in some ways. Mm. Um, and, you know, and then part of it, too, for me is that's compelling personally is originally that was home. Yeah. Right? That was the house uh, as far as I know and as far as what was communicated to us through the word. Um, and so 
Um, so I think for uh, for some of those personal reasons, it's a it's a desire of mine to be able to uh, exercise what's called wilderness therapy uh, with the heart of men. And in in that wilderness therapy, there's some uh, like data, like real world backing that up. As far as 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 I know, right? As far as um, uh, young men who maybe are on the border of like not being able to be. Uh, I, I don't know necessarily what it is, what's going on, but they're having some serious problems, maybe some uh, violent ideation stuff like that. And that has been found to be effective in some cases for them or nothing else was right. Am I right in that? Yeah. And I don't have numbers um, or specific, but there's research on that. Um, and, and, and really kind of the, the power of that, I believe is um, that, that in that context, so back up what we talked about, uh, the first time first before the first break or the second that that aspect of the character that um is most foundational is the need to attach and to connect and that's why uh, we come to christ first and then he builds on us if you will uh to complete and sanctify us so so the the necessary context um is real life Mm. right i mean that's why some of the i don't get it too off here but uh, you know, I believe some of the the way we've done church is, you know, just um, just watching a performance. Yeah, it's watching. You're not engaging with it to at least to a full um, extent. And again, why Jesus said, "Hey, come follow me," mm-hmm. right? And so there was a full enmeshing that that first captured that uh, connection, not just in the intellect and not just in the knowledge base or even you know, the upper cortex, but even, you know, down in the, the amygdala, amygdala, the brainstem, like the experiential, so including the feelings and so on. So there's something about wilderness therapy, um, <clears throat> particularly when you're living out in it mm-hmm. uh, in a context that maybe involves counseling that is ready-made for that. You're experiencing Hey, at least for this weekend or for this week or for this day, even we got to figure out how to survive and live. Um, and we got to do that together. Um, because obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but most of the, the young men or that would come into, you know, a, a therapy session in the wilderness, they're not, uh, adept at surviving, at least from our culture, surviving in that environment. Yeah. Um, so, so all that just to say is it's, it all becomes, it all of a sudden becomes this, um, somewhat contrived but but experientially real life connection with someone involving more than just what i know and what i think or what someone tells me um, i get i get to engage with uh, this person uh, in more aspects of my life so that makes a person not only connect more but be more uh, amenable and receptive to the counseling and, you know, it seems, you know, from my thinking, too, that the wilderness has a way of humbling people, right? And um, uh, so what is a, a, a young man getting out there? He's getting humbled because it's, it's difficult, and so he's getting, uh, with that difficulty, he's not just getting humbled, but he's getting disciplined, right? And then he's also learning skills that uh, are evidently and immediately practical, uh, practical excuse me, for survival, the, the base essence of uh, what there is, and then you couple that on top of someone someone coming alongside as that mentor, and that is clearly something that I think 
is powerful and impactful, not just for people who are like on that edge of about to lose it, but just for men in general. Right. And that's, that's seems to be, uh, uh, and also this about being out there is you're not on the screen. You're communing uh, in nature, right? You're in a community in nature. You see God's handiwork right there and you're dependent on him uh, to, to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're way, way out there and you're out there for an extended period of time. Yeah, and, and another facet of that, which I think is really powerful and um, probably well underneath the radar, <clears throat> is that the mentor, the counselor, the leader, um, he's in the same soup. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he may be ahead of you a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's still engaging with the difficulties or the challenges of that environment in a dependent way, a humble way, um, you know, because it's all, all new to him. He has he has new people. This day is a new situation, and who knows what's going to happen? You know, having just a small taste of you know survival training, you don't you don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. And you know, the people who are teaching me wonderful skills, incredible skills, and, and knowledge. You know. But still, things came up that were like, oh, you know, to them. Mm. And so th- that's, a, that's a powerful thing that, that I think generally, at least, at least from, from a teenage standpoint, is probably um, well, very rarely experienced um, because most of us as dads, you know, we try to shield, mm. you know, others and especially our kids from our weaknesses and our frailties and our humility and we think sometimes, again, I'm speaking for myself here, uh, for a long time I, I thought, well, the way I'm going to really train and teach Taylor and, and the others is if they know that I know, mm-hmm. that I already know, that I got it figured, got it done, right? That's, I've come to realize <laughs> that that's not what really compels. What really compels is that ability to connect with somebody in their real-world experience. And so when a mentor is wrestling fighting through that's like uh, implicit training to help the the young mentee fight through yeah and, and that's any even broader understanding of what especially we're talking about kids like you just brought up learning for a child they they're learning how you handle things right and it is very it's very valuable for a child to see how their parent handles adversity handles bad things and and to see them handle it well and then if they don't handle it well to like hey this is what happened you know and and not just try to show like hey i got it or only show the things that you got under control taylor that's such a powerful thing um because of all the things that i note in our culture and with with some of the situations i'm familiar with um of the character issues that are that that are most obviously problematic, it is what is called integration. Mm-hmm. And, and integration, obviously, is, is being able to integrate, to be able to bring together, in this case, good and bad, and be able to hold them in tension. Now, not make good bad or bad good, mm-hmm. but to hold them in tension because good is going to happen and bad is going to happen. And your point is absolutely right. Sometimes we shield, again, a was a kind of our approach was to shield the kids from, you know, the bad things, the pain, um, the the errors, the our own failures, and so on and so forth. But that is, that 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 
breeds pathology instead. We should uh, seek to help them see our frailties, our, our needs, our dependence. I think you guys showed that and did some things in that in that regard. Maybe that other parents don't, even if you felt like it wasn't enough. Um, either that or we, we just caught it a lot more than you thought we did. But we are up against the break, so stick with us. We will be born after the break. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, Doug is out today, and he'll be out tomorrow as well. Um, and instead, we have a guest. It's still the interview day, and that guest is my father, Anthony Johnson. So happy to have him back in the studio. He is currently a counselor, and he has a practice, Acacia Growth Counseling. You can go to AcaciaGrowthCounseling.com to learn more. That is Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, GrowthCounseling.com. Or you can check them out on Instagram at Acacia underscore counseling is the handle. That is at Acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A underscore counseling. And if you have any questions for them and you would like to join our discussion, you could call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. You know, Dad, you... Uh, said something there a little bit about the church um, and how you know, maybe is missing the boat. Um, on the way in, I was thinking about kind of churches and, you know, the lack of unity that we see in not only in the country, um, but, you know, historically there's a lot of different denominations and um, quick, I'm curious, what, what's your, what, what do you think is the two denominations that are the farthest apart? Like they'll never see eye to eye on anything. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I would say the the synagogue of Satan and the church oh. of Jesus. <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. I meant no. I, I I really don't. I couldn't tell you. 
I was thinking on the way in the Catholics and the Baptists might be the, the farthest ones apart. But, um, you know, you mentioned there about the way that we do worship and how there's not a lot of uh, buy-in. I guess. It is more like, I guess I'm the one who said this, but it's like sitting and watching a performance. And uh, that's actually a new thing in the church as far as uh, to that extent, to the extent that it is now. Um, and you know me, me being a history guy, I've gotten into looking at different uh, ways of doing worship, different liturgies, and, and stuff like that. And and the the thought behind some of that stuff. And me and me and Ari went to a Presbyterian church that was like you know very liturgical. And uh, in in there, they require stuff out of the members who are there. You know, stand, sit, kneel, say things, sing uh, hymns, and, and there's a purpose behind it. And I'm wondering if the evangelical community as a whole has maybe lost the importance of, you know, because everyone has a liturgy. You go into the church and they, they sing, they give an announcement, sing some more maybe, and then the sermon um, of stating what it is that we're doing and why it's important that we do, that we have an order of worship. And just kind of when you were talking about not really having that doing, um, I know you were talking about outside of just on Sunday, uh, which is important, but just even in the worship service, how to do in, in the worship, especially for men, seems to me to be necessary. Not that it's necessary for, uh, you know, salvation or anything like that, but just for to get your heart right. Um, so just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, my the thought that comes to mind is, um, you know, the aspect uh, the Bible talks about us being fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and seems like, um, again, it, it kind of uh, simplifying the complexity and that uh, wonderful way that God made us uh, in terms of having many facets and um, many ways to uh, engage and express. It seems like we've simplified it and made it, uh, well, just about, you know, let's entertain, you know, the emotions or let's just speak to, you know, the the uh, higher functioning, the intellect, uh, you know, or, or let's just, let's just get out and do, you know, just be active and expressive and behavioral. And, um, <clears throat> you know, all of those are, are ways to worship God mm-hmm. and are essential. And, you know, if uh, the glory of God is going to be extended and pervade to the ends of the earth, uh, it's going to do that only, well, yeah, I believe only God God gives us the opportunity anyway to do that through us as his representatives on earth, his hands and feet. Well, you know, that must mean that it, the worship of God, God himself expressed, should come through all those facets of the way that we're created. So mm-hmm. the intellect, uh, the expression, emotional expression, the volitional, the behavioral um, so it, all of those can be, and I believe are, ways to worship God. And if it, if God intended to be less than that and just what we're experiencing on Sundays um, as a general rule, uh, I'm really missing <laughs> missing the boat. Yeah. I think he, he, he wanted it to be more than that. Well, yeah, I think, it, you know, uh, I, I definitely think that's the case. And um, it, it's hard for people, I think, to really – grasp that in their going through their everyday life right as far as like 
doing your lawn to the glory of God. And there's, and that just seems like, oh, that's like some talking point, right? That's just, oh, yeah, you say that because it sounds good. But no, there's actually a, a real true essence to that um, of being, since you are a servant of Christ, that you're doing things. You, this is what you've been given to take care of. And so you need to be faithful with that. And I think to really get that to impact our hearts is, especially like I know for me when I was young, is difficult. Right. And, but if you grasp that and then you realize that, you know, your, your worship is more than just singing it, your worship is everything that you do. Um, it can be very impactful and, and, and it can help with your faith as well. You know, I think there's a lot of people who just think that it's a, the faith is like a feeling or, or something like that. But, you know, there's an aspect of, you know, that your faith is bared out in, in what you do and the way you do it. And that's proof that uh, Christ is evident or is, uh, is present in your life. Um, but also that you you end up might not feel like it at first, but some of that discipline of um, doing things and doing it because you're a Christian and doing it to excellence because you're a Christian actually will produce uh, more faith, obviously, but also some of those feelings that you were looking for, before you know yeah absolutely it'll it'll as i hear what you're saying the what what connects with me is it'll it'll pervade it'll it'll move through it'll it'll be like uh like leaven it'll you know it'll impact uh and and appropriately affect all areas all aspects of who we are that's that's the intent but it but it begins with and must begin um, in the heart of man, mm-hmm. uh, through an expression of faith, trusting in the grace that yeah. Christ has given. Um, one of the things that um, you know, I guess I came to a number of years ago that I was kind of surprised to, to realize um, <clears throat> is that faith isn't just a religious term, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we talk about faith. What's your faith? And and we think of that as oh, that's you know that's a religious question. Or well, n- no, all of us whether we're religious, whether we're saved or not saved, we we all have faith and we all have 100% of our faith. The, the issue becomes not whether we have faith, it's what our faith is in. Yeah. And naturally, um, hopefully, under, hopefully understandably, um, you know, when a person puts uh, their faith, as much of faith as they're aware of in the truth of what christ accomplished for them on the cross and paying the penalty for their sin they're saved well it doesn't it doesn't stop there um because there's aspects of my faith that i still there's there's still kind of in other things i'm still in process Mm. but sanctification is moving a hundred percent of my the process of moving a hundred percent of my faith into and dependent upon christ uh and and so, you know, that that naturally and necessarily involves all of who I am, all of I think, all of what I feel, all of what I do. Um, it, it will encompass all that. It may not have it all right now because I'm still in process. Mm-hmm. But God's intent, according to Philippians 1, six, he's going to complete his work in us till the day he comes back, is to encom- encompass all of who we are in that way. So... Anyway, just it's a it's appropriate expression 
to to serve, to go out and do. It's appropriate expression to um, be more catechism, cate, um, catechism. Yeah, Nicole. Um, and you know, it's appropriate to you know appeal to the feelings and to the emotions. Mm-hmm. All those have have a place, um, and so that we shouldn't throw away you know the way that the church is expressing things. Um, I think we should we should seek to I think it'd be appropriate to seek to encompass yeah. all those for us personally first, and then you know in real ways uh, try to impact others. Do you think that there is a way to do that um, without without I I, I want to almost want to say without like living next door to people right? But is there oh we only got two minutes left? But is there a way to do that without uh, more robust uh, interactions with each other like? Not more than just once or twice a week, but you know, almost daily, um, like working together and, and stuff like that. Is there a way to do it without that? Uh, I don't believe so, uh, and, I, and I believe that uh, God has a means um, that He's in, incorporated uh, at strategic times over the course of history to strongly encourage us to do that, mm. and I believe that yeah. primarily is, is suffering. Yeah. I thought you were going to say what we're going through now, right? I, yeah, I think, yeah, what I think that we are going to start to see the necessity of of community again, and and hopefully, you know, the Lord's faith will start to move uh, that way. And um, either, yeah, I think we we're in agreement on that. But I kind of already knew that because we've talked about it a little bit. But anyway, that is all the time we have for today. If you would like to know more about Anthony Johnson and his counseling. Uh, practice, you can go to acaciagrowthcounseling.com. That's acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, growthcounseling.com. Or you can check them out on Instagram at acacia underscore counseling. That's at acacia, A-C-A-C-I-A, underscore counseling. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.